You're tuning into the Fearless Fridays with Marianne podcast. As a best-selling author, certified life coach, and speaker, I created this podcast to inspire, empower, and transform you from the inside out. From time to time, you may hear a solo episode, but for the most part, we will be joined by real-life guests who have overcome adversity, but as they have done the work, today they are thriving. So grab your pen and paper as we get started and learn firsthand tips and tricks to change the trajectory of your lives so we can live a free, fearless, and fabulous life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. I am your host, Marianne Rivera Dannert, and I am the owner and operator of MRD Empowerment Solutions. Today, we have an amazing young lady with us, and get ready for a great conversation. Hello, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Good, thank you. So tell us your name and a little bit about yourself. Yes, ma'am. So first of all, thank you so much for allowing me to come on. I don't take for granted when I'm invited to someone's platform. So just wanted to say thank you so much for that. Um, my name is Alandria Lloyd. I am an entrepreneur, a founder of a television network, and also a creator of a brand specifically for authors. Beautiful, beautiful. So when I was doing a little bit of research, you are a serial entrepreneur. So you have a lot of things going on, which is yeah. amazing. So can you share your journey from your first entrepreneurial experience to where you are today and what motivated you to venture into so many different things? Okay, so I had a feeling I always was going to be a business owner, even from a child. I used to sell oatmeal pies, frozen cups, you know, candy, all of these different things. Um, my mom used to have a sweet shop, so I would get some of her stuff from the sweet shop, bring it to school, sell it, you know, just so I can always have my own extra money. Cause I never liked asking anyone for money. And this was even mm -hmm. from a very small child. Cause the minute someone says no, that was a problem for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I always <laughs> need to have access to my own money. I don't care if it's $3, you know, when I was a kid. And so, you know, um, of course, um, growing up, still doing little things, you know, I got into a couple of MLM, uh, situations, you know, I used to sell the the body wraps and the body garments. Uh, what was it called? Body magic, um, the juices to lose weight, all of these <laughs> different things, right? And then it was in that um, that I realized, you know, especially with those MLMs, um, a lot of them are super saturated. Um, and my last straw was when I was selling the body wraps, and then everyone mm -hmm. in my area started selling them, and it was just too much. It's like, it's the same body wrap. So if you call me and I'm busy, yeah. you can get it from 50 other people. You know what I mean? Cause literally there are so many people that's doing it. And I remember I'm like, God, you know, I know I'm called, you know, to sell something, but I need you to give me my own thing. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Of course, I know there isn't anything new um, under the sun, but I need you to give me an old thing with a new spin. And I know that that new spin would be my personality, you know, the way that I would present it, package it and things like that. And so then that's when it uh, came into me actually writing my book. And I never looked at my book as a business. I just was getting my story out, you know, but it, it literally just kind of spiraled into me writing my book to having a, my first speaking engagement as an author at a church to, you know, sororities reaching out, wanting my book to be the book of the month for their book clubs and going to their events speaking and 
all it, it literally just kind of like spiraled from there. And then too, you know, when I wrote my book, people would, were coming to me asking me like, hey, this was so well written, who helped you? And I'm like, no one, I did it myself, you know, everything. Um, myself and they were like well help me you know and initially i just helped them for free you know i told tell them a few things or whatever and then i was like you know maybe i should charge something for this but i didn't know what to charge you know so i was right. literally like nine dollar writing classes where i would teach people how to write their book <laughs> for like 19 dollars just to say i had a price point on something <laughs> And then um, I remember I was so frustrated with my job because it literally was not paying me enough to even, um, you know, live and have my own uh, apartment. Like I literally was still living with my mom, working every single day, mm. um, but still couldn't afford, you know, my own place. And I'm like, God, help me. Like, where is it? What is it? You know what I mean? And he's like, I gave it to you. You're just discounting yourself, you know? Mm. And so I'm like, okay. So I started praying. And then that's when he gave me this whole strategy for it. Went up on my prices, right? And then um, I actually turned it into a publishing company because I found what happened was, you know, whenever I would help someone write a book and they're done, you know, the next phase is publishing. And I would always refer them out to other people that I knew because I knew I didn't want to do that part. Yeah. But so many people, it was like so many people. And I'm like, I'm literally turning away thousands of dollars when all I have to do is the research. They already trust me because I've helped yeah. them thus far. All right. I have to do is the research, get my stuff set up and get ready to go. And then that's literally what birthed my, um, my book publishing company. And so we went from there. I had that for many years. Um, it was well. I helped thousands of authors. Uh, I became an award-winning book coach um, because of it. A lot of the authors who went through my programs have become award-winning authors and things of that nature, have even started their own publishing companies. And then um, I shut it down in 21. And um, But I really shut it down in obedience, but also I was burnt out. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, because so many things they don't talk about in entrepreneurship and everybody wants six figures, six figures, but, you know, and, and booked and busy. But what happens when you have literally a hundred clients and you're one person and like, that's what happened. Like yeah. there was one season where I literally had a hundred clients on oh. my roster and there was no one but me and an unprepared assistant. Right. And she was unprepared because <clears throat> I didn't even have time to even train her. Train her. <laughs> I didn't have time to even, I didn't have any SOPs created because yeah. it was just me. I knew what to do. So, you know, I did not prepare and I didn't know I needed to prepare um, for someone to be able to even come in and duplicate me or even assist me. So mm. that helping hand, quote unquote, became hindrance because she's literally just mm. there like, what to do, you know what I mean? And I'm trying to tell her stuff, but she still's not getting it right. So I gotta go back. <laughs> I'm paying you, but I still gotta go back and correct. Right. Like, oh my God, like this is not going to work. Yeah. So I literally, you know, burned out. My blood pressure was through the roof. I had a headache every single day. And for a month, I found myself full of anxiety, high blood pressure, and just in the bed for a month. I literally wow. just the thought of answering an email would send me into a full-blown panic attack. Mm. And I'm like, okay, something has to shift here. Like I, I cannot, you know? And so I had gone through those episodes like about three or four times on this journey. And I'm like, you know, until I have everything I need, I have to change my business model because if not, I'm not even going to be here. You know right. what I mean? Like at this right. rate, like 
I'm not even going to, to be here. And so um, I shut down my, my publishing company. And for a while, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was so burned out with it. Um, the thought of someone asking me to help them with the book was sending me into a full headache. Like, don't even mention book around me, you know? <laughs> don't even say it. <laughs> you know, and so, um, yeah, for so for like a couple of months, I literally was just like trying to figure it out. And then opportunity presented itself for me to be able to launch my own television network. And uh, of course, I love storytelling, love helping pla uh, create platforms for other people to be able to share their stories. And television was just another medium for them to be able to do that beyond the book. And that's how it happened. <laughs> that's awesome. That's beautiful. So tell us a little bit about your book. And, so what I have you, and what prompted you to write your first book? So my first book um, is the 30 day devotional. It's called change agent, the missing piece. And it's all about you being what you're looking for. You know, like mm -hmm. you are the missing piece to what you are looking for. And I wrote that book during a season where the man I thought I was going to marry ended up getting someone else and getting this whole situation and get married. And then my best friend betrayed me and my mentor mm -hmm. at the time abandoned me and just so much stuff was going on. And they weren't, there weren't any, um, books or devotionals that was really that you know spoke to what i was dealing with i didn't need the fluffy stuff like i right. need straight up okay if this happened what's going on how do you work your way out of this situation you know and again it was me becoming the change i wanted to see in the market at that time of really writing real transparent you know, stories and but flipping them into devotionals and, and flip and making it um, an inspirational piece as well. And so that's, you know, what my first book was about. And that's what inspired it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Not the story behind it, but it's awesome that you were yeah. able to take a negative situation and turn it into something positive. What would yeah. you say are some key qualities and skills that you believe have contributed to your success in being a serial entrepreneur? Um, I would just say my ability to bounce back and keep bouncing back. You know what I mean? Like on this journey, there are going to be several things that come to knock you down, literally come to take you out. You know what I mean? But just staying focused and really having tunnel vision and knowing that things are going to happen, whether you planned them or not, whether it was expected, unexpected, you know, things sometimes come out of left field and it's like, my God, what is this? And what am I supposed to do with it? You know what I mean? But again, just still keeping that tunnel vision and continuously pushing even in the midst of the adversity. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's so true. How do you identify and evaluate new opportunities? And what's your process for deciding what you want to step into? Mm. So for me, um, new opportunities, and especially in this season, um, how much is it going to cost me? That's how I evaluate. And I'm not talking about even um, necessarily just financially, right? But how much is it going to cost me mentally? Because as an entrepreneur who has experienced burnout three or four times, I understand every new project is going to require new things of me, new things out of me, a certain uh, amount of my time, focus, attention, all of these things. And so I count the cost in that department. And then after I count the cost in that department, I also count the cost on who do I need to help me carry this new idea? Do I need to hire a new team? Because if I need to hire a new team, I'm not doing it. 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> do I need to come up with new processes and procedures? If so, I'm not doing it. And so those are the ways that I weigh opportunities these days. Have you ever stepped into something that was a failure that didn't work out how you envisioned? And what lessons did you learn? Oh, gosh, all the time. <laughs> All the time. It, it happens quite, quite mm -hmm. often. Um, oh, God, let me try to think of the last one. Like I said, it happened so many times. But um, usually I, I go back and see where what pieces I may have missed, you know, especially mm -hmm. if it's like a business situation. Um, did I market enough? Um, did I mark, you know, did I uh, tell enough people about it? Where did I promote it? Where did I advertise it? How much um, did I really put into it? You know, um, I heard something today that was really, really powerful and it hit. And, you know, uh, the lady said, when you sit and you say, you know, things aren't working out the way that I want them to. The question that you need to ask yourself is, did you really do all that you could do? Mm. And, you know, when I sit and I think about that in certain scenarios, the answer is no. You know, I did what was easiest to do, you know whether that was just posting on social media or sending a few emails and, and, and just hoping that it would go crazy out off of those two things, you know what I mean? But not really positioned in it, you know, to really be able to, to propel and, and do things like that. So um, that's one thing that when I, when something fails or does not go the way that I would like it to go, I really check, myself to see, well, did you really do all that you could? And if I did just know that, Hey, sometimes it happens, you know what I mean? Like learn something from it, learn to be more prepared, learn to have, you know, more people on deck or delegate or outsource or whatever you need to do moving forward. And again, just keep pressing. Good stuff. Good stuff. What advice would you give to an aspiring, you know, entrepreneur, especially someone that has like multiple ideas and they don't know which way to go, what's going to stick? What advice would you give to them? Uh, first thing I would definitely say, get a hire a coach or some type of business strategist so that they can help you narrow down one idea. Because um, being a serial entrepreneur seriously is what leads to burnout honestly. You know what I mean? And so that's why for me personally, I'm, I'm simplifying things as much as I possibly can. Um, and, and taking a lot of things off of my plate because, you know, I mean, you know, people say serial entrepreneurship, but you have to think about it. It's like, even if you had a job in corporate, you know, um, if you had, you know, a, a, a a fortune 500 job and then you had this side job and then you had another part-time gig like these are three different roles that require mm -hmm. three different things of you right require you to show up in three <clears throat> different ways you're really burning and expelling a lot of energy um by doing all of those things you know what i mean and so anyone just starting out narrow it down and stick with one thing until that one thing is beyond successful and successful means that it's able to run without you mm. that's what success looks like you know for me anyway that's how i define it in business if this can run without me then we're good to go but if i have to keep being hands-on i don't have time to start anything new because now this new thing is going to take my attention away from and now I'm back in this rat race of all over the place. Right. Yeah, that's so true. So balancing, you know, different businesses can be taxing on someone. 
you know, not just the business part, but you also have your personal part, you know, relationships and so forth. How do you make sure that your priorities stay intact and how do you balance everything out? Mm. So definitely um, beginning my morning with prayer and allowing God to lead me and guide me seriously throughout the day um, and just really so seeking him in all that I do, because as a person who gets a million ideas a day, it's easy to run off <laughs> on these good <laughs> ideas. You know what I mean? And you have to make sure that they're actually God inspired ideas and not just a good idea or not just something that oh you saw and it's like, oh, I could do that. You know what I mean? This, this, oh yeah, I could do that. Let me implement this, you know, to add it to what I'm already doing to add more value and all of this mess. And you just find yourself again in on this hamster wheel wearing yourself out. <laughs> so networking has to be very important in your line of business. You know, what are some tips for, you know, networking and how do you seem, how do you approach a new prospect or relationship not seeing so salesy? Mm. So, um, yeah, networking is definitely key. I go to networking events at least two to three times a week. Um, and I'm naturally an introvert. So when I first began networking, it was really hard because I just hoped someone would come say something to me and I had to approach anybody. That's you know, true. It doesn't work like that all the time, right? You know, because some of these networking events you go to and everyone's just scrolling on their phone and it's like, why are we all here? You know what I mean? And so um, I developed this strategy where I would literally just go up to people and ask them their names and ask them to tell me about themselves and what they do. And so um, me introducing myself and then also expressing interest in what they do in turn is going to make them ask me who I am and what I do. And then the conversation goes from there. And so that's how I you know, approach um, networking. When I go out to networking events, that's how I approach people and that's how I get things going. Um, and so tips for anyone, definitely get out there for sure. Get off of social media and get in people's faces. Mm -hmm. um, I've made the most valuable connections here lately have been made in person, honestly. Yeah at networking events. I mean, I met my attorney at a networking <laughs> event, you know what I mean? And so um, get out there. I go on Eventbrite and look up networking events in my in my city. Also meetup.com, you know, checking on Facebook events and things like that to see what they have going on and just making it a point, making it, that's a part of my business strategy as well is to attend a certain amount of networking events um, on a weekly basis. That's awesome. Good advice. So how do you stay up to date in the different, you know, trends with the various industries that you're in, you know, being an author, having the TV show, how do you stay up to date as to, you know, what's happening and what's going on? Assistance. My assistants <laughs> do the research. <laughs> they do the research and they report back. Delegation is definitely key and top priority. So that's how I get it done. I don't do it myself anymore. <laughs> so speaking of delegation, you know, sometimes it could be hard, you know, just passing it on for various reasons. They're not going to do right. it as good as me. They don't, you know, it's going to take too much time. How do you start that delegating, you know, process? And how do you start trusting those individuals that you're hiring to mm -hmm. take over some of those things? Yeah, definitely a vetting process for sure. Background checks, um, all of that. And then a lot of times, too, I start them off with like small tasks and see how they can even handle being attentive and, you know, details and things like that initially. And then 
you know, I, I gradually, you know, um, increase their workload and trust them with more. <laughs> but even then, you know, it, it's still hard and balls still get dropped. Honestly, I'm not going to sit here and say that they, they don't even, you know, my assistant now has been with me for a year and I'm like, how did that happen? And you've been doing the same thing for a year. You know, <laughs> like what what's <laughs> happening here? You know what I mean? But it, it still it happens. You know what I mean? And it's just really just accepting that that's a part of it, you know, and do your best to train them as well as you can have weekly team meetings. Make sure everyone is clear on what they are supposed to be doing. Um, make sure you make them feel comfortable enough to come to you. You know what I mean? With questions and not having them feel like you're going to bite their heads off if they ask you anything, you know what I mean? And, um, but just really building a good professional rapport so that again, if they do, uh, feel like they're, they're forgetting something or they're not clear that they do feel comfortable enough to come to you for clarity and just providing that ongoing, you know, training, but that's a part of it too. You know, like I remember when I was first getting started, I had to like set aside days to create training manuals and create mm. Zoom videos of step-by-step, step, which I like Zoom videos better. So that way you don't have to ask me nothing. Refer to that video. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go back to the video. Even if you, if you skipped it in the manual, it's in the video. You know what I mean? And so like I took a day and literally just recorded all the types of training videos that I know that I needed help with. Um, and so for different people who were going to come in to fill those roles, just send them those videos and make sure they're clear on it. Go, you know, do a brief overview. And 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 that's really the process, you know, and I got that from JC Penny because that's how I used to work there some years ago. And I remember my first week was literally eight hours of just sitting in this room watching videos all day and someone coming to check on me every now and again, you know, to see if I was okay. But after <laughs> I was, the videos were the training and then I got out and, and hey, and here we are, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but it it's effective because no one has to just sit with you and, and literally spoon feed you the material you just watch. And it's good too, because you have the videos as a resource to go back to it, you know, whether it's two weeks later, a month later, six months later, so you can go back, you know, for a refresher. What is your opinion on hiring relatives and friends? I don't do it. It's a no for me because I'm different as an employer than a friend or a cousin. And, you know, sometimes those lines can easily get blurred. And uh, sometimes people would expect special treatment because of the title that they have in your life or whatever role that they play in your life outside of work. And so just to prevent any confusion there, I don't do it, <laughs> nor do I advise it. I know a lot of people do, but it's something that I will never do. Yeah. So you mentioned burnout a few times, you know, throughout our conversation. How are you? How was self-care for you and how do you take care of yourself? Uh, yeah, I go to bed at night. You know, I know that entrepreneurs like to say, oh, I'm up at two o'clock a.m. with ideas. The devil is a liar. Two o'clock. I'm <laughs> rolling over for the fifth time. <laughs> I'm rolling over for the fifth time. Okay. I get in my bed and I get in bed around nine o'clock, 10 o'clock and doze off whenever, you know, cause I wake up early. I wake up at four o'clock every morning. And so I need to go to bed at nine or 10 to make sure I have adequate amount of sleep. And so, um, I, you know, I wake up in the morning, do what I need to do. And if in the midday I need to take a nap, guess what's going to happen? I take a nap. 
you know, so that and, and really just showing myself grace, you know, not putting too much pressure on myself, trying to accomplish all these goals in a short amount of time. Um, and just remember, I don't have anything to prove to anybody. As an entrepreneur, do you take vacations? Oh, yes, ma'am. Yeah, those happen often as well. I try to take a, a vacation a quarter. Every quarter. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's even even just a staycation. I may just go away mm-hmm. to a room on the other side of town, you know, just a hotel room on the other side of town. Mm-hmm. And imagine I'm in a whole other place and do that. That's awesome. It's necessary. So as, yeah, that's so true. As we get ready to, you know, wind down, you are on the Fearless Fridays podcast. What does fearless living mean to you? And how are you living a fearless life? Uh, fearless living looks like just getting out there and doing it, having tunnel vision and not caring what anyone has to say. Um, knowing that along this journey, people will try to throw rocks and stones at you to try to slow you down. But again, hopping over those stones, using those things as stepping blocks and a stumble, um, yeah, stepping stones to continue to keep pressing forward. And how I would suggest anyone to live uh, fearless is to remember your purpose. Because if you remember what you were doing, your purpose, why you were here, you don't have time to be distracted with anyone else's opinion or what anyone else has going on. That's so true. I love that. So what are you working on? You know, any projects coming out that you would like to share? Yeah. So I just reopened my store for Arthur's. I'm actually wearing my shirt now. It's called Arthur Bay. And uh, the word Bay is an acronym for build an empire because I'm all about helping Arthur's use their books to build an empire and take it beyond the pages, you know, to build a platform of, for profitable, you know, and purposeful gain for them. And so we have t-shirts, we have hoodies, we have um, digital classes online. That's uh, www.arthurbay.com. And um, I, I just, that it's my baby, honestly. Um, and so uh, I love these shirts. And so it's definitely a great, and I really created these shirts for all Arthur's, but definitely introverted Arthur's. Because seriously, whenever you wear this shirt and someone sees it, they're going to ask you something about your book. Oh, you're an Arthur? Or tell me, like, every time I wear this shirt, someone says, oh, what books have you written? Or where can I find your book? Or tell me more. What's your name? You know, they come up to me. You know what I mean? And so it literally turns you into a walking billboard. And so this is what we have. Um uh, we for Black Friday, we have uh, deals going on. We have um, jewelry, new necklaces, Arthur Bay necklaces that's that are on site and on sale as well. And so that is my project. That is my baby. That is what I am working on. Awesome. And I know that we're getting ready to wrap up, but can you talk a little bit about your TV show? Yes, ma'am. So that the TV show is called Arthur Bay as well. And it's uh, building an empire one book at a time. And uh, so it, we come on, you know, it's an opportunity for Arthur's to be featured. Come on, talk about yourself, talk about, you know, your books, your brand, how people can connect with you. And it airs on my television network, which uh, shows on Roku, Amazon TV, Apple TV, um, all Android, Apple devices. We on, are on all major podcast platforms and you can check us out online as well. So do have a pretty expansive uh, reach there. And then we also have digital online features that include magazine covers and written articles that are on our um, Arthur Bay site. So that as people, you know, are coming and checking out our merchandise, they can also learn about other Arthurs and how they can connect with them as well. So we're building a whole community over there. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Fearless Fridays with Marianne podcast. Make sure to stay connected with us and you can find us on Facebook at MRD Empowerment Solutions or on Instagram as Marianne Rivera Dannert. You can also visit our website at MarianneRiveraDannert.com. As always, you are fearless, you are fabulous, you are a priority, and you matter.